One of the greatest joys a Christian has is sharing his faith and seeing others accept Christ as their Savior. But did you know that the message of creation can also be used as an evangelistic tool? Stay tuned. Creation evangelism using God's world to point to the truth of God's word. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. Throughout New Testament Scripture, we're exhorted to tell others about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Teaching people about creation is a very good way to present the gospel. But how is this done? Stay tuned for the next 15 minutes as we discuss the importance of sowing the gospel seed through creation evangelism. So just what do we mean by the term creation evangelism? Bruce Malone is a creation speaker and executive director of Search for the Truth Ministries in Midland, Michigan. Creation evangelism is simply observing the world around us and pointing out to our friends, our neighbors, our children, the people we know, both Christians and non-Christians, how the physical world around us conforms to what the Bible has to say with where the physical world came from. And that leads directly into a conversation of, well, how does God fit into it all? And why is there death? Why do things die? Why are there diseases? And ultimately, what is our purpose and meaning in life? So really, creation evangelism is just observing the world around us and having a conversation about it. ICR biologist Dr. Gary Parker is director of the Creation Adventures Museum in Arcadia, Florida. He says that because evolution is a powerful stumbling block to many people, creation evangelism has become an important tool in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul tells us in his first letter to Timothy how important creation evangelism is, without using the term. <laughs> but he warns Timothy, 1 Timothy 6.20, to avoid vain and profane babblings and the oppositions of, and I really like the next phrase, science falsely so-called. There isn't any better definition of evolution than science falsely so-called. Evolution is not really science, never was science, never will be science, never could be science. It's man's opinion about what might have been in the past and what might be in the future. Science deals with the present, working with repeatable observations, but evolution is science falsely so-called. It's just humanism dressed up in a lab coat. Why should we avoid it? Why was Paul so insistent to warn Timothy about avoiding science falsely so-called? He says, for by professing it, some have erred, some have missed the mark as regards the faith. And I have to caution people, you know, don't take this out of context, but creation evolution is really a salvation issue. ICR President Dr. John Morris would agree. This concept of creation evangelism, it's kind of a new term, but it really does communicate. It underlines the concept that creation evolution is not just a scientific argument. There's real relevance to the creation message, even in the salvation message. And, and as we get creation right, then we can see impact in other areas. Many times as you're witnessing to someone, as you're doing evangelism, as it were, 
you'll run into roadblocks. There are, there's boulders in the road or, or something. In other words, a listener, a one that to whom you're talking, will have real problems with the Bible. And they'll basically say that science has disproved the Bible, that it can't possibly be true. Why should I believe John 3.16 if I can't believe Genesis 1.1? And so there's this roadblock. There needs to be some ground preparation even before the seed can take root. Dr. Parker tells us evolutionary ideas have come and gone, but the truth of the Bible has never changed. Therefore, creation evangelism is an effective way to lead people to Christ. Evolution is not really consistent, not true at all. According to the scientific tests that we can run today and completely untrue, looked at in light of historical evidence from the past, what has stood the test of time is God's Word living in Jesus Christ and God's Word written in Holy Scripture. And so that's what creation evangelism is all about, using God's world to point to the truths of God's Word, the truth about a perfect creation designed by God with plan and purpose, about a perfect creation ruined by man's sin that brought in death and the struggle for survival, Darwin's war of nature that makes things worse, not better, about a, a sin that brought on the judgment of Noah's flood and catastrophic worldwide destruction, but of course, more importantly, about the love and redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. And Dr. Morris says it's important to remember that even though we defend our faith in the Word of God, Scripture stands on its own. Keep in mind that here at ICR, we don't try to prove the Bible. The Bible is just true. It, it's true whether or not we can prove it. But if it's true, it's got to work. And because it's true, there's going to be a lot of evidence that it is true. There's evidence for the resurrection. There's certainly a lot of evidence for creation and the flood. And the more we show this evidence, the more we show the reasonableness of Scripture, that it's a reasonable faith. It is a faith. You've got to have faith to believe in Christ. But it's a reasonable faith. It's backed up by a lot of evidence that supports it. And so that's how we use creation evangelism. Something that troubles many people is the issue of death and how it came to be. Bruce Malone says creation evangelism can be used to explain death and why it came into the world in the first place. Well, if death has always been around, then who made death? Well, even the Christians say, well, God created, I don't care how they created, but if death has always been around, then God's the creator of death. And that just doesn't fit the Bible at all. Then why did Jesus die for us? Whenever we see dating methods that talk about millions and billions of years, the implication is death has always been around. So where does the Bible fit into that? Where does Adam and Eve fit into that? Where does the fall of man fit into that? Where does our sin as a cause of death fit into all that. You see, the whole biblical basis of why Jesus had to die for our sins is because we sinned, we brought death into the world, and therefore that's where death came from. It isn't that God made it that way, it's that our actions brought death to be. And once people start to realize that, all of a sudden their whole perspective of life changes where they came from, where death came from, why sin is so bad, and they start to look for what's the solution for that. And all of a sudden, Jesus becomes very relevant, why he had to die, what he did on the cross, that death isn't just the natural order of things, that it's our actions that brought it about. 
So, we can see that the gospel message really started all the way back in Genesis. Dr. Morris. You know, those early concepts in Genesis, they formed the foundation for all the rest of the Bible, including the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's back in those early chapters of Genesis. There we see the doctrine first introduced about who God is and, and who man is, what, what man's relationship with God is, and, and what sin is, and what the penalty for sin is. You know, it's even in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 that that marvelous formula is given that the wages of sin is death. And then when man chose to sin in Genesis chapter 3, the penalty of sin was pronounced to be death and death on all of creation. Sin ruins anything. It ruined God's very good creation that we see back in Genesis chapter 1. So we see that the foundation for salvation was introduced back in Genesis 1 and 2. But then even in Genesis 3, the salvation message is prophesied that God, in talking to Adam and Eve, in pronouncing the penalty of sin to be death, he prophesied that there would be a Redeemer coming, the seed of the woman, who would solve the sin problem. And basically, we find out in the New Testament, he would die to pay sin's penalty. The wages of sin is death. That goes back to Genesis 1 and 2. But then Jesus Christ died for our sins to pay sin's penalty. So it's all prophesied back in the early chapters of Genesis. Unless we get our foundation right, we'll never get the New Testament right. We've learned how important creation evangelism is, and we can understand the concept behind it. But is it really successful on a practical basis? Dr. Parker. It has been a thrill to see creation evangelism work. The first time I saw it work was in my own life. (laughs) After a three-year battle with a chemistry professor, Dr. Charles Signorino, showing me that my faith in evolution was contradicted by science, that I finally accept the faith built on the sure foundation of God's Word. But we've seen it many times since in the museum ministry, the museum out at ICR and even our museum here in little old Arcadia, Florida. We've had people go through the museum and come to Christ in the museum as they look at the evidence from creation the evidence and the things round about us that shows God's perfect plan, how man ruined that plan and brought on destruction and judgment, and how God provided restoration and healing. As they see that, the false stumbling block of science falsely so-called evolution crumbles, and the light of Jesus Christ can really shine into the heart unimpeded by science falsely so-called. It's really thrilling creation evangelism works, and it works especially for our age. Bruce Malone. I honestly believe it is the only hope our culture has. We are filled with churches that are doing friendship evangelism, where we try to just draw people into our churches and not make them feel uncomfortable and get them to say the magic words, just, oh, Christ, forgive me for my sins, and, and I accept your free gift of salvation. Uh, without a call of repentance, without the understanding that it is us who brought death and destruction into this world. And it is only God's Word from the very first verse which leads us to an understanding of where death came from and why there are problems and why we behave the way we do. Bruce Malone adds that creation evangelism is effective in reaching the lost for Christ because it focuses on the realities of sin, judgment, and death. Once we understand what God's done for us, 
because we understand where death really came from, then we just naturally have a desire, I believe, to turn our lives over to him. And then there is a true repentance and a true change in lives. A lot of what we call salvations, I believe, are just vending machine salvations where we just want God to be our servant and give us what we want. And there's no real indwelling of the Holy Spirit, no real change. Creation evangelism deals with reality, the reality of how the world operates, the reality of why death exists, the reality that we are sinful to our very core, and we can't just work ourselves into a better existence. It points to why Jesus really came and what he really did there on the cross. Now, we aren't saved by belief in creation. We are saved by yielding, repenting our sinful nature and accepting Christ's finished work on the cross in payment for our sin. So creation evangelism starts from the beginning of why we need that repentance, because it explains where death comes from. And it is very successful. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.